0: Welcome to the Drinking with the Saints podcast with Mike and Alexandra Foley,
1: where each week we mix a bartender's guide with the lives of the saints to help you celebrate the feasts of the calendar with liturgically correct cocktails.
0: Let's get started.
1: Welcome to the Drinking with the Saints podcast. I'm Mike Foley.
0: And I'm Alexandra Foley.
1: And welcome, Saintly Sippers, as we toast to the Holy Trinity for the Feast of the Holy Trinity coming this Sunday. And we have a special surprise for you.
0: A special guest star.
1: For the first time in the history of our illustrious podcast, we have a guest star. His name is James Foley. Our favorite son. (laughs) And the I, other sons are listening. You can't say that. No,
0: that's the thing is they'll never listen to our podcast, so they'll never, <laughs> they'll never know. know. Yeah. James, James can is you our, say hello? James is our hello. biggest fan. Hello, thanks
1: for having me. It's great to be on. Okay, so for the record, James is uh, James's twentieth birthday is today, June third. No, June first. Sorry, <laughs> I got six kids. Dates are hard, man. And it's his twentieth birthday. But we are allowing him to drink with us tonight because we are podcasting to you from Waco, Texas. And in the state of Texas, it is legal for a minor to drink as long as they are within eyesight of their parents.
0: So every time I blink, he cannot drink.
1: No. And fortunately, James is three feet away from us. I think he's (laughs) in eyesight. Thanks for the legal
2: explanation there, just to
1: clear my name for all those listening.
0: I think it was to clear our name.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't want to cause scandal.
0: James is a college student, but he is not much of a drinker.
1: Not so, a tip with y'all.
0: Yep. And so now he's home for the summer, which we are just loving so much. And he wants to learn how to drink like a saint. So exactly. welcome to the party.
1: Excellent.
0: Now make me <laughs> a drink.
1: Absolutely. So let us begin in our customary way. Stay with us, O Lord, for it is getting towards evening.
0: And bless, bless our, our drinks and in our, our conversation.
1: conversation. Amen. And... In honor of the Holy Trinity, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit.
2: As it was, it was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, now and never ever shall be, world without end. end. Amen.
1: Amen. All right, so our drink for the day, wait for it, is called a Trinity, Trinity cocktail. Co- cocktail. Yeah, very, very C- creative it. on my part. So we're going to cut to the chase and make that super easy. You don't even need to read the ingredients.
0: I better have three ingredients.
1: It has three, and we're going to talk about how the three fit together with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Can we do
0: trivia? Can we guess as you make it?
1: Well, we're spitballing as we go here. You know, these allegorical (laughs) explanations. This is all laid
0: out in the canon somewhere.
1: All right. So I'm going to make it, well, I'll just, I'll tell you what they are. It's equal parts gin, sweet vermouth, and dry vermouth, or not necessarily in that order. So here I go.
0: A big fan of martinis and a big fan of Manhattan's. So this is kind of the best of both worlds in a way, but no no whiskey.
1: That's the gin. Keep in mind you're making this for three. I'm on top of it, people. This isn't my first rodeo. <laughs> now I have two critics.
0: Whoa. <laughs> <laughs>
1: having a
2: third foley here for the trinity oh Ooh, well yeah. played not not to, get to, be not the to place us in any kind of divine light
0: i guess that makes me the holy spirit
2: yeah
1: all right i've added the ingredients and so now i'm going to add ice
0: james can i ask you a question sure should daddy shake or stir right now
2: well since this drink is clearly opaque no, it's not. No, it's not opaque. That's no, pretty that's dark. That's I love that you said it's that's clearly. Pretty, <laughs> oh, well, that's pretty. That's pretty. Sorry. That's pretty, that's pretty no. I guess I've, never, I guess I've never seen seen. Okay, Can you okay. see the spoon you, in the glass. You have ways lost. to grow, son. So if you have to, if you can see the spoon, it's not.
0: So he, he, he's looking because it's got sweet vermouth in it, which is a little bit dark. So he's thinking that it was opaque, but it's not. Also, we're going to learn the word opaque with James later. He was homeschooled. You gotta forgive him.
2: Thanks for that. Yeah, that means it's all on you. If I'm homeschooled, <laughs> that means right my entirety education depends on we had you. had
0: some sketchy teachers, James. Let's no, no, no yeah. denying that.
2: So if you can, if it's not cloudy, is that the, I'm trying to think. Yeah, that's it's pretty dark. Place.
0: Okay. I really need to apologize to our listeners. We thought he could handle it. <laughs> we thought he could handle it. This is him sober.
2: For those listening at home, uh, Dr. Foley here is cleverly using the previous glasses to catch the the drip off the off the uh, shaking glass. To...
0: Hey, waste not, want not. Like yeah. I, I said, it's in... not my
2: first rodeo. Yeah, it's, very, it's expertly done here. All right.
0: I think it's also funny to just mention that we are podcasting from what is basically our guest room, and for some bizarre reason, we've allowed James to not be in the boys' room, which is where he grew up, but to be up in our guest room for the summer because this is last summer with us. So. We're actually in our podcast yeah. room, slash guest room, slash, slash, <laughs> James's room for the summer.
1: Which so is I immaculately drink. kept. Cheers. Not at all. The Holy Trinity. Cheers. Oh, that's smooth. Huh. Got a little of a bite to it with the sweet vermouth. Sweet or the dry? Good question. I don't know.
0: <clears throat> the sweet makes a little sweet, and then the dry. Well,
1: it's like the circumcession of the divine persons.
0: Oh, man. I'm, I'm sorry. Did you say circumvent? So bed?
1: I said circumcessions of the divine persians.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the spirit gets you, Mike? Yeah, I got two sips in.
1: <gasps> All right, so the first thing we need to toast to and my family members don't know this is that we are toasting the anniversary of the conception of drinking with the saints because some of our saintly sippers know one day Alexandra went away for the evening to the movies, to the movies. And I was left alone. Now I don't like to drink unless it is with my beloved bride. So I on the
0: other hand have no problem drinking alone.
1: (laughs) So she was gone. I wasn't drinking, but I was thinking about drinking. It was on my mind. And as I was thinking about drinking, I came up with the idea: What about a book that pairs cocktails with the feast days of the church year? And so, I went to Google, and or Amazon rather, and I I, I had just had the idea: drinking with the saints.
0: So you googled the title of your book. Like yeah. First st- first stop. That's right. On the journey was Google drinking with the saints. Yes,
1: and then and then I googled like Catholic bartenders' guides, Catholic manuals. I found lots of wonderful cookbooks, but none that fit the bill of a Catholic bartender's guide. And I thought, this is it.
0: This may be a good time to mention that there's now a new addition to all those wonderful Catholic cookbooks, which is your new book with Father Leo Patalinkug called Dining, Dining with, with the, the Saints.
1: Saints. So yeah, we got a formula. We're going to run it into the ground, and it's going to be marvelous. It's going to be a hell of a journey. <laughs> I went. I recently went to uh, one of my friend's graduation party, and his uh,
2: his father, who's quite witty, asked me when the when the next uh, edition is coming out for the for the college students uh, raging with the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm excited for that one. For that it, one, to come uh, on. maybe yeah. you could write that with your dad. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think that'll be a short book because I don't think many Saints would condone raging. But anyway, we'll, there could be we'll a Louisiana
0: a tie-in, in, like Rage Cajun.
1: Okay, it's, yeah.
0: it's your Cajun cookbook.
1: Version oh, there you dad. go. There you go. All right, good. So some of you listeners may already know that story, but what you may not know is that I remember very distinctly that it happened on the Ember Wednesday of Pentecost, which is the Wednesday after the Feast of Pentecost, which was yesterday, May 31st. So we are celebrating the anniversary of the conception of Drinking with the Saints.
0: That is so appropriate on so many levels.
2: Yeah. I never realized that it was so close to my birthday. You know,
0: two, two very... I'm sorry, why
2: are we talking about you? I'm, I'm just <laughs> pointing out. So, so I was, was going to say two, two very important conceptions in I that I wasn't conceived on June 1st, but... <laughs> took me no, a we're not going also, into your conception, James. It would not oh, have God. been...
0: <laughs> we haven't had enough drinks, obviously. <laughs> um Also, uh would not have been May 30th, necessarily. That's right. So, yeah. with because it's the Ember Wednesday of
1: Pentecost, I don't know what day that fell on in 2015 because that is part of the temporal cycle, which changes every year with the date of Easter, rather than the sanctoral cycle.
0: And I completely understand the difference between the temporal cycle and the sanctoral cycle.
1: Go on. He has to explain, explain to me it. every time.
0: <laughs> every time. The sanctoral cycle is the saints.
1: Yes. Sanctoral, sancti, saints.
0: So like the Feast of St. Patrick is always on March 17th.
1: And St. Valentine's Day and St. Nicholas's Day, always the same.
0: I was gonna say, but Christmas, okay, not Christmas, but
1: saying the temporal, the temporal cycle would be season,
0: be the seasons, right? Yeah. Tempest uh, would be the seasons, and so things like Easter are by a lunar calendar.
2: Yeah, almost. Right. I remember, so it's a
1: lunisolar calendar. I
2: remember, we had a, a kids' book growing up, which had a, a story about a little chick trying to figure out when when Easter was, so they could hatch on the right date, and that's how I remember that uh, Easter is the the first Sunday. After the first full moon, after the spring equinox. Equinox.
0: Well, James, that's amazing. You had that book, and probably I read it too, but I do not remember <laughs> that at all. It is the first Sunday after the first moon, after the spring equinox. Yeah. And when is the spring equinox? Is that, like, how do we f- figure out that?
1: That's the, a, ver, the vernal equinox. Well, isn't it usually around March 21st? 21st? That's what yeah. I was
0: thinking, but is it a set date like that? No,
1: it's not. Anyway, let's not get into astronomy. We're going to make a complete fool of ourselves. (laughs) I have a second anniversary to celebrate, and it is this cocktail, the Trinity cocktail. It probably was one of the earliest entries into the book. Because on Ember Wednesday, so we had this insight, it was great, and then the next week, that following Sunday, I flew to New Hampshire for the annual Faith and Reason Conference which was run by Patrick Powers, God Rest His Soul. And it's a wonderful. it was a wonderful group of Catholic scholars who got together for an entire week and read great books together and discussed stuff. And I mentioned to them my new idea. And holy cow, were they eager collaborators. <laughs> <laughs> so we were researching and talking together after hours about cocktail ideas. And on Trinity Sunday, we went to a bar. Mm-hmm. And I remember... Uh, that there was a Trinity cocktail. There are actually several recipes out there, but I wasn't entirely certain about the ingredients. So there was a fellow named Lloyd Newton who was sitting at the bar with us. And the waitress came up and we'd been talking about this. And he said, I'll have a Trinity cocktail. And the waitress said, I'm sorry, what's that? And Lloyd just went into like super cool mode. Even though he's a fellow nerd academic like the rest of us. We love you, Lloyd. And he said, The bartender will know what I mean. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. And he kind of like waved his hand, like the bartender <laughs> will know what I mean.
0: I just said, make me my usual. Yeah, exactly. Traded cocktail.
1: Total a plum. Yeah. Right. And so? so then so she goes back, the bartender's confused. Bum-xed. And finally he looks on his phone and he finds a recipe. For the Trinity cocktail. And he asks, is, is that what you wanted? And Lloyd said, yeah, that, that'll be fine. <laughs> that'll do. Wow. That's when I knew this was going to be a festive Mary project.
0: You knew this was going to be a really fun year.
1: Exactly. And that was
0: 2014, because it came out in 15.
1: Oh, that's correct. Yeah. So
0: that was a really fun year. Yeah, that's right. The five pounds I gained that I never got
2: off. That's
1: right. <laughs> All right, so we have to figure out how these three ingredients relate to the three persons of the Holy Trinity. If I can remind you and our listeners, there is Father, Son, heard of it, and Holy Spirit. Okay. And, oh, okay. And the rules are: the Father begets the Son, and then the Father and the Son together spirate, spirate the Holy Spirit. Get into some some hot Eastern uh, controversy here, but carry on. All right, we'll carry on. So
0: James loves controversy, especially East, especially West. Eastern.
1: Yeah. Well, there, so there's the filioque. We needn't get into that. We're just going to do a Western interpretation of the Trinity cocktail.
0: James, plug your ears for a second. James actually has an incredibly keen theological mind. Hey, you unplugged.
2: <laughs> Sorry. You
0: can't hear me say nice things. I can't reach you for my, my drink mother. with
2: with, with, with One. no hands.
0: <laughs> very keen. He's been, since he's been home, he's been keeping us up late at night with uh, all kinds of theological questions for his dad. It's adorable.
1: Moving on. Yeah, I love summer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah really seriously. So anyway, so spirate is a medieval term, but they needed to come up with some kind of word, some kind of verb that wasn't beget, because it was very clear in the early church that the Holy Spirit is not begotten. Okay. If the Holy Spirit were begotten, then the Father would have two sons, but he doesn't. He's only got one. So there's Father, there's Son. The Father begets the Son. The Father and the Son somehow spirate the Holy Spirit. Or mm-hmm. to put it in the passive voice, the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. That sounds familiar. All right, good. So you got Jinn. Jin. He got dry vermouth. He got sweet vermouth. Who is who?
2: I like to say, I think the two vermouths should be the father and the son. Ooh. because if we're going by, well, there's no perfect analogy for the Trinity, but Augustine gets pretty close with the psychological analogy.
1: He gets the closest of all.
2: Right, and his sorry uh, Easterners. <laughs> and he, uh, Augustine says that the the, the father, well, the, the son is, is a is a mere image of the father in a way. So I think they're. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me on, by the way, for like the most like theologically dangerous uh, session. Like, yeah, you've already. <laughs> I think I've already he- her- hereticized. Yeah. <laughs> that's a word. Yeah, but I think it would be fair to say that the Son is a more close image of the Father. Of course, more. It's the image. No, of. okay, so, okay. So the Son
1: is the image of the Father, and the Holy Spirit is not image. Okay. Yeah, I know. Okay, it's we're good getting image. into some deep theological stuff here. Okay.
2: So yeah, I just added I like the vermouth that. should be. All right. So
1: which vermouth is which person? I know. I mean, this is sweet- obvious.
0: The sweetness of the Holy spirit is where I was going to go.
1: Well, that's but no, mom, because mom, we talked about he's this. relegating the Holy spirit to gin.
0: Yeah, I know. I got that,
1: but oh, you guys are totally wrong. Although I love you. So isn't it obvious? The father is dry vermouth. The son is sweet vermouth because it's red <laughs> oh. or the blood of his sacred heart. And it's sweet. Like his, his tender mercy. Hmm.
0: this is this is the talent right here (laughs) this is why you get those small bucks
1: then james i liked where you're going because i was actually thinking of the father as gin because i was thinking of the father as strong right (laughs) but i like that the holy spirit is gin because the holy spirit is a spirit and hard liquor is a spirit. Oh, oh, yeah. The other two are wines. Wow. So dry vermouth and sweet vermouth are, are variations of wine. Yeah. They they technically aren't a spirit. Gin is a spirit. Dang, we're good.
2: Dang. <laughs> I like I'm, I'm it. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Yeah. Seriously. I was going to say that the father should be the dry vermouth, but I didn't quite have all the, the thought you put it into it. I was thinking more of like, I was thinking water is a baptism, and so the son would be the, the wet vermouth <laughs> if you're going to compare. But...
1: The sweet from what you mean.
2: Well, yeah, it clearly reveals my knowledge in liqueur, but uh, also your time.
0: tolerance level. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I will
2: say, twice now, I've out of the side of my eye reached for my microphone to get another, another sip of this drink. So, uh.
0: <laughs> welcome to the Doing Here with the Saints podcast. Yeah.
1: I love it. So I have a question for my family. Why is the word spirit used for hard liquor? Because the word spirit literally means breath. So it's air. It's not liquid. Why would we use the word spirit for gin, vodka, whiskey, Monday, Tuesday, (laughs) Thursday? I knew
0: that was a Godfather (laughs) reference in there. Gin, whiskey, love. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. No, it's Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday Thursday, Thursday, Wednesday. Wednesday. <gasps> um, because in the distillation process they lose part of it to the ether. That is a oh, true
1: statement. Like the angel's cut. Like
0: the angel's cut. See, what a, what an avid listener James <laughs> yes. is. I mean, seriously, he is our number one, maybe only, fan. For the
1: record, listeners, it is called the angel's share. <sighs> that is the part of the distillate that evaporates into the air. And the devil's cut is the part that soaks into the wood of the cask.
0: This is when James and I look at each other and roll our eyes. Yeah, it's pretty... <sighs> all right.
1: I know... It It's a pain being married to me, but after this book, I just got mad information.
0: Well, being married to you, I mean, the drinks really help. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, I
1: love you. Yeah, that's not the first time I've heard that.
0: <laughs> hey, that was an original joke.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so any other guesses? It, it actually is because of Christianity that hard liquors are called spirits.
0: Okay, but are we on the right track that it's part of the process, the distillation process?
1: It's not. Okay, it's, I get p- it's it's part of the language that is used of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament.
2: Does it have to do with how people act after consuming
1: large amounts of this? As in if they act possessed, maybe, maybe say. Like Pentecosti? Maybe. Well, the, yeah, that's the great line about Pentecost. Right. Like, hey, you guys are drunk. He, and St. Peter doesn't say, no, we never drink alcohol. He says, no, it's nine o'clock in the morning. We're not drunk yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take that, <Not> yet. Baptist. <laughs> exactly. No, it's uh, because of the imagery of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is described as breath, but he's also described in liquid terms. He is associated with baptism. Paul says the Holy Spirit will be poured forth into your hearts. That's a liquid image. And then also the dew of the Holy Spirit.
2: Hmm.
1: Drop down, you do heavens from From above. above, right? And so the Spirit, which means breath, becomes associated with liquid, but strong liquid and so when distillation was perfected in the middle ages yes alexandra you have your hand up it just seems like you understand this is audio not video
0: (laughs) i'm very glad about that (laughs) is there something about how like when you distill how this is so (laughs) dumb this is so dumb sounding
1: Never mind. <laughs> Forget it. I, I already said it's not the distillation process. Okay, I'll just you finish, right. then I'll say my thing. No, say your thing. No, no, you I want got to hear Mrs. Foley. Okay. You got the talking stick.
0: Because in the distillation process, air goes up and it hits the top, and then it rains down. Isn't that a thing? Okay. From science classes. I, that's like what I, air does. Yeah. I, I, that, I mean, condensation.
1: I 100% like that. <laughs> I homeschool folks. <laughs> I 100% like that. And as you know, mm-hmm. you're there, there isn't anything. an allegorical explanation that I don't like. <laughs> but I cannot say that that is a historical presentation of the origin of this term. Okay? I'm just... I also don't think it's how distillation here. works at all.
0: <laughs> I think it's how that little experiment when you were young, when you were in sixth grade science work that, like, the concentration goes up and it drips down. Anyway, I love this drink, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, let's talk about the Feast of the Holy Trinity, the only time in the year when a Mass is dedicated exclusively to the Holy Trinity, Wait. although there may be a votive Mass to the Holy Trinity, I'm not sure about
0: that. Oh, obviously, okay.
1: But in terms of like the normal liturgical year. Yeah, okay. All right. So here's something I find absolutely fascinating, and I want to know if you find it fascinating as well. And if you don't, I'll give you another Trinity cocktail, and maybe you will. I think
0: it's so fascinating.
1: We have masses dedicated to the saints. We have masses, several masses, dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. We have several masses dedicated to Jesus Christ. There is not a single mass dedicated to God the Father, even though every liturgy is offered to the Father, in the Son, through the Holy Spirit. But there isn't a feast day to the Father. There, if I may put it this way, there is no supernatural Father's Day in the liturgical year. Hmm. What do you think of that?
0: It's because he's the OG
1: heresy. <laughs> sorry, what's OG? They're both OG. I'm uh, or- sorry, original gangster.
2: Oh yeah. We so should have like a little
0: the
1: buzzer. The father is the original Sorry. gangster? The son so, is also...
0: I mean like an Bay gangster. We need like a little buzzer every time someone says a hair. is like... Argh. Yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> I'm done. So don't you find that fascinating? So we do have Trinity Sunday, which is to the father and the son and the Holy Spirit. So that's the closest we get to a supernatural Father's Day. But then he has to share the limelight with the son and the Holy Spirit. It's not just about him. He's not used to that at all. I will say it
2: does seem more odd to have a, a mass dedicated towards to the Father because every ma- because like you said, every Mass is offered to the Father. So it seems like his role in the Mass, or you know, the Mass's role in him really, is much bigger than just dedication. It's it's to him. So it's It'd be weird having him to be like superfluous. Right. It's like, um, having that's kind of what I part. meant by
0: OG. Like, it's all to the father. <laughs> yeah, like I'm I'm, really, sh- I'm like unpacking your idea. Right. right. Yeah, I'm just unpacking
2: there, yeah. the OG comment. Yeah. It's
0: okay. like, it, all of it orients to the father. So, and so they're different portals.
1: I'm just trying to understand your linguistic framework. Somehow, OG means superfluity.
0: Yeah. Okay. I guess I shouldn't have said that he was <laughs> he was the original. Even fill in the other blank.
1: How about the original I actually, God? I wasn't the, even... The,
0: that's what I meant OG. by OG, obviously.
2: <laughs> I wasn't even objecting to using the term OG. I was objecting to using the term OG as if the Father had that un, un, uniquely as opposed to the Son and the Holy Spirit, but...
0: Right. Yeah. But he, that he came first.
2: I'm sure that the message uh, translation of the Bible has OG somewhere in there. I'm, no, I'm I, sure it applies
1: I, to God, the triune God, not just The more you person. talk about no, I think you actually are both correct. So, <laughs> So God the Father is OG because he's... <laughs> As the original God, he's the God of, the, of origin, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> this is, this so, is exactly so what I was thinking. That's what I was thinking, yeah, yes. God of origin. As St. Augustine yeah. yep, it, yep, he yep. is the principle-less principle. He's the principle without principle. He's the beginning without a prior beginning. Okay. And, so, and then he utters forth the beginning who is the Word, and then the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So he is the OG in a way in which the Son and the Holy Spirit aren't.
0: Thank you. Drink
1: on that, baby.
0: Ooh. <laughs> Cheers to that. Just going to take a little sit.
1: All right. So to wrap it up, do y'all want to hear my theory? Yes. I All right. I think
0: we've spun out our own little baloney pretty well.
1: Well, there's no feast to God the Father. There's also no Catholic church that is dedicated to God the Father. There are churches dedicated to the saints, churches dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary under different titles, churches dedicated to Jesus Christ, either as Jesus Christ or under one of his titles, Christ the King, Sacred Heart of Jesus, Transfiguration. Nothing to the Father. Here is my theory.
0: That's how a dad feels. Always left out. Never celebrated. Always left
1: out. Yeah, we get Father's Day in June, but we all know. Check that box. Nobody cares. Another
0: grill accessory? Come on. (laughs) James got that.
1: All right. So my theory is both the liturgical year and the names of our churches— Are portals to the father.
0: Gee, did someone use the word portal five minutes ago?
1: Did they? Did you?
0: I did. Hey, the the men in the room didn't hear it. Oh, how surprising. The (laughs) men in the room didn't hear what the woman said. And now, once we have it recorded, I said portal five minutes ago.
1: Check the tape.
2: It'd be weird having him to be like superfluous. Right. It's like, um, That's kind of what I meant by
0: OG. Like, it's all to the Father. <laughs> yeah, like I'm, I'm, really. I'm like unpacking your idea. Right. Yeah, I'm just unpacking
2: the, yeah. the OG comment. Yeah. It's okay. like, it,
0: all of it orients to the Father. So, and so they're different portals.
2: What, what was the context? Yes. Expand.
0: That God the Father, all masses go to God the Father, but then there are different portals for it. Different portals, like St. Peter is a portal, and the Holy Spirit is a portal to the sacrifice. It always goes up to God the Father. Let's
1: grant you the benefit of the doubt and say that you mentioned Portal five minutes ago. The further relevant question is, where did you learn that from?
0: (laughs) I maybe heard a guy one time talk about it, but he says a lot of things, and so sometimes I forget about them. And I think that they're my things. (laughs) But it came from my OG, Mike Foley. (laughs) Using that term wrong, James? I, I really
2: don't think that, that last application is probably not really correct for the term. But
0: it's <laughs> so great having teenagers because they teach you these terms and mm, then yes. you use them wrong. And they're like, Mom. Yeah. Okay. Word. Go on. <laughs> Word. <laughs> to your mother. <laughs> that was such a 90s thing.
1: I know. I, I'm behind the times. So, anyway, this is the way I think about it. Everything is oriented towards the Father, our churches, our liturgical year. And because they're towards the father what we need is a portal into the father and the saints are that the blessed virgin mary is that jesus christ is that the holy spirit is that every one of these leads us to the father
0: james is pressing the uh, hit,
2: heresy in the, the her- well i just have a, a maybe you, I mean, you probably mean this but just to, just to clarify in case any protestant brethren are hearing and freaking out jesus is the the only way to the father so all those other portals are portals too the son correct and then
0: so you're saying that all the portals whether oh, it's like so, to saint mary alicoque
2: like I, was, I go i go as far as say is that the busted virgin mary doesn't lead us to the father she leads us to her son
1: who leads us to the father, right so okay. yeah so it's like the okay, funnel
2: right so so the saints and mary and, and these churches these aren't portals toward the father necessarily but towards but they the, are
1: indirectly right right, through, right. Through a, a chain of love you're right so to our listeners saintly sippers James goes to Baylor. It is an ecumenical university. And he is sensitive to the ecumenical conversation, and I respect that. Like I I'm I'm said, I also person. teach there. You're,
0: wait, what did you say? I'm a sensitive person. You're very sensitive. And also, like I said, he has a very keen theological mind.
1: So I thank you, James Foley, for that clarification. What I would say is uh, I would invoke the image of the grapevine plant and its tendrils, in the Gospel of John, that a saint is an imitator of Christ. And if you imitate the saint, you imitate Christ. And if you imitate Christ, you are before the face of the Father. Right. Right? So the saint leads you to Christ, Christ leads you to the Father. The Holy Spirit animates you to recognize Christ as the Son of God, that leads you to the Father. Hmm. The Blessed Virgin Mary animates you, or I shouldn't say animate, but she inspires you, intercedes for you. You become her son. She becomes your mother. She introduces you to her son and to the father. It All, all roads lead back to the father.
0: Right. I don't want to extend this conversation too much. or I would love I, to
1: extend this conversation.
0: Can, we can do that after dinner. <laughs> um, but what about Our Lady as the Mediatrix, the co-mediatrix? So I thought there was a way in which, like, God's—so if you picture, like, an uh, hourglass, God's at the top, and then the, the narrowing of the hourglass is Jesus. You have to right. go through Jesus. Yeah. And then right below the hourglass, when it starts to go open up a little bit, all goes through Mary there.
1: That is correct. And there then, is nothing theologically problematic about calling Mary the mediatrix of graces.
2: of Of all graces as well?
1: Of all graces. Because— So picture that hourglass that you just mentioned, Mm -hmm. and picture the narrowest point of the hourglass. Right. The top half of that narrowest point is the divinity of Jesus Christ. Right. The bottom half of that hourglass is the humanity of Jesus Christ. Okay. And uh, what is the humanity of Jesus Christ connected to more than anything else? It is the flesh of the Blessed Virgin Mary. They share 100% of the same DNA. Like, yeah. you know, we've got 50 percent of the Father, 50 percent of the mother, but she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ had 100 percent of the DNA of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and not just I'm speaking biologically, but spiritually as well. Sure. And so
0: we don't have a buzzer for, for scientific heresy, so you're. <laughs> exactly. you're good.
1: So she's right next to the bottom of that hourglass. Yeah. And then there are other saints very close to her, like Saint Joseph and Saint John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. So she's the mediatrix of all graces. Maybe Joseph and John the Baptist are Super mediatores of most graces. And then it just sort of fans out from different saints. And that's why we have patron saints. Some saints are better at delivering. Different spiritual and temporal goods than others, mm-hmm. they've they've been allocated a job, so to speak. But all those those veins, all those grape tendrils, lead back to Jesus Christ through the Virgin Mary. She is the mediatrix of all graces. Mm-hmm.
2: Would you as far as okay. to say that even the graces? Um, so there, there there are plenty of graces and, and virtues attributed to the Holy Spirit, like like the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Those two, like, even those are, are passed through Mary's hands, so to speak? That is absolutely so correct. So
0: to piggyback on that, my question would be, and honestly, people, this is actually what our evenings look like here all the time. Yes. <laughs> um, so Mary, where what's in your, the analogy of the hourglass? Like, what's the Holy Spirit?
1: The Holy Spirit is also acting through Jesus Christ and through the Blessed Virgin Mary, so because she is also the spouse of the Holy Spirit. And I know some Catholics. Uh, I, I posted an article on this, and the spouse of the Holy Spirit as a term for the Blessed Virgin Mary is centuries old. But some Catholic got his back up, like, "What? This is bigamy! Joseph is married to Mary. This is this is wrong!" Like, well, I'm sorry. Don't take it up with me. Take it up with the tradition. But it's true. She is duly wedded to Saint Joseph, but she was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And so she is called the daughter of the Father, the mother of the Son, and the spouse of the Holy Spirit, period.
0: It's my favorite way of thinking about the Trinity is just you have this triangle, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and in the middle you have Mary. And Mary has all the connections to each one of them. Like Mary's at the center, so Mary's not a god in any way, um, but that she has this important position in the middle, and it makes makes for a great entry place.
1: What a wonderful way— to conclude our lovely podcast together. I'm not done. Well, I just wanted to say, and I'll let you have the final word, Alexandra, surprise, surprise, that Mary shows us what we need to have, which is the perfect relationship to the Holy Trinity, because we need the indwelling of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit we too need to have that trinitarian relationship with god which she so most beautifully exemplifies
2: there are many ways in which patron saints or we glom on a certain patron saints that that emulate our own ways of life like if you're a doctor you have you a have certain patron saint like saint luke for example or more appropriately like as, as a mother um, but there's a way in which mary even though she has you know she is a, a mother so there's a way in which like i as a man can't quite relate but she does perfectly emulate the relationship that we should all have with the Trinity, which is this this total unity. Because that's what really the, the whole faith is about, is unity with the Trinity. So she ha- she perfectly embodies that by sitting right in the middle of the Trinity.
0: Well said. So that leads me to my closer. I'd like to raise a glass to my son, James, on his 20th birthday. My first son, I love you so much and I'm so proud of you.
1: Thank Cheers. You. Cheers. Cheers. Will you
2: make dinner? Sure. <laughs> my birthday gift to
1: you.
0: Please make dinner.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us. It has been a lovely podcast, and we hope that you deepen your relationship and friendship with the Holy Trinity in the coming days. To your health and holiness, God bless. Thank you for joining us. Please get in touch with us via email at podcast at drinkingwiththesaints.com
0: or on our Instagram page at Drinking Saints and find Drinking with the Saints book series at drinkingwiththesaints.com or wherever fine books are sold.
1: The Drinking with the Saints podcast is produced by Back Row Media.